0: welcome to the life is relationships podcast where we share biblical truths about marriage parenting and discipleship the desire of ctci is to see individuals and families restored in their relationship to the father and for them to be empowered to have thriving godly relationships that impact the communities around them welcome to today's episode and today we have a very special couple with us who served for many years here at ctci as well as um as well as multiple other areas of life so Today, we want to welcome Tim and Esther Roots here on the podcast. How are you guys doing today?
1: We're doing
2: good. Yeah, we're doing good. Hi. We're having a great day.
0: Good. You guys have history here at the end, having been on staff. But um, for anybody that is listening that has not been here or met you in person, can you guys just share a little bit about yourselves and about your history here and just your life uh, in ministry in general?
2: Well, Esther and I both come from Christian families. Um, we grew up... She grew up the majority of her growing up years in New York City. I grew up in Texas, um, moving around some, we both moved around some. She's from Dominican descent. And um, from a young age, I think both of us knew that our lives were headed toward ministry, toward full-time ministry, and we were both set that direction. And so as we, from separate ends of the United States, began to follow the Lord, Um, Eventually, it came to a place where we were both at at a ministry in Texas, and that's where we met. And of course, in the beginning, um, I did not like Esther very much. (laughs) Uh, She was...
1: Slightly uh, aggressive in my my teasing and playing.
2: Slightly aggressive and a little bit violent. Uh, I didn't realize how much I would come to like that. (laughs) <laughs> no, and well, and so, and I was shy, introverted. Very I had been introverted. My thing was working with animals, I worked with horses and stuff, and and that was my life. Well, the Lord had other plans. and um, with time, Esther and I got engaged and we got married, and we continued in youth with a mission. Then we went to the Dominican Republic.
1: And spend a little time in Jamaica as well, and in Texas.
2: And, and we, we worked around different ministries. We spent time a little bit of time volunteering with Mercy Ships. We did um, some odds and ends of stuff with other ministries, but mostly we were in Youth with a Mission, and we just really felt like the Lord was calling us to go to places that no one else wanted to go. And that's where the Lord took us in the Dominican Republic. He took us up into the mountains— to a place with no running water, no electricity. And here was a young couple with a newborn baby. Our,
1: we have six children. Our oldest was had just turned eight months old when we moved there into wow. that community. And so our first five children were born in the Dominican Republic. Only our youngest was born here in, in Silva, North Carolina. <laughs>
2: And so um, we moved up into a very rural area in the center of the Dominican Republic and we started planting a church up there. And it started out just living in the community and then uh, we started a church plant and then we had another church plant and we we just began to do whatever it was apparent that the Lord was doing in this area, we just joined with Him in that work. And so um, that led us to... 12 years in the Dominican Republic.
1: Um, And like he mentioned, not only was there no electricity or running water in the community, there was also no Christians to speak of. Um, We had three people who had all walked with the Lord for less than six months when we moved into the community. So um, there was a lot to do, (laughs) a lot to do um, for... For the majority of the community, we were their introduction to um, a Bible-believing Christian family, Um, and so there were a lot of challenges there because we did things differently, Um, and I think because there was, as people started coming to the Lord and there was discipleship going on, um, Tim had discipleship with some guys that would come to the house, and we went out and did other church plants. I had some women that I met with um, in their homes and different things, and we did things with children uh, as well. Um, But as the work grew, um, it still remained mostly us. There were times when we had different people come in and help for short, brief um, periods of time, which were uh, a a very, yeah. (laughs) I was going to say relief, even for us. But I think that's when our, um, what ended up drawing us or bringing us to the inn uh, started to occur. There was just, there seemed like there was so much to do and there was only the two of us to do (laughs) it. To do it, um, and then we had you know our kids coming along the way too, so so we had that um, who also needed us and needed our attention and 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 guidance and all of that. Um, so,
2: and I think it was just the a, a slow grind that that you just you get into your rhythm of doing things, and then the demands of life come around and and it's not just ministry people it can happen with anyone but especially in ministry you feel like that you have to give to other people and that your really your life's goal is to see those lives those other people change so you you make sacrifices at home in order to meet those needs in other people's lives and home is not where the sacrifices need to be made and so with time, I was gradually doing that. I was spending more and more time with other people and not connecting with my family how I needed to. Although, if you if you asked the people around <laughs> us, we had a the, family. On Father's Day, they were always asking us
1: to, to speak. Well, and, and honestly, that probably, that was the area that we did. If we were focusing on something at home, it was our kids. Um, we didn't want them to miss out or pay the price because of the ministry going on around us. So we would involve them in it as much as possible, and they came along. And so it wasn't like they were left at home while we went out and did things. They were always with us. Um, And uh, probably the neglect came in with each other and then really with ourselves. Like I know for me, with my relationship, even with the Lord, it was just like everything seemed Taxing, um, and it, there wasn't the the joy in discovering what the Lord had for me that day. <laughs> yeah. It was more more work for that day, um, and I think that that made a difference as well. Um, and we just and we started seeing that and knew we had to take some time. Um,
2: yeah, so- and the funny thing is, uh, a lot of people would ask us for our opinion on how to deal with their children in this situation or that situation or whatever. And we were able to help a lot of people.
1: Yeah. The Lord still used us in spite of ourselves, which is to his glory. Uh,
2: <laughs> yeah. The Lord's good. The Lord is yeah. definitely good. <laughs> you know?
1: he, did, he didn't make the people around us suffer because we weren't, you know, um, we weren't where we should have been with him. Um,
2: but well, yeah. And, you know, the Lord used the donkey once in the Bible. He's <laughs> He's done it you know, with me several times, um, used me in that same way. But as it was just as time went on, we came to a place in, in, our, in our time in the Dominican Republic where I got to looking at, the, at our family, and I said, if we don't make a change now, this whole thing is going to be gone. We're going to lose everything. Yeah. Um, and I was not willing to sacrifice to put my family on the altar in order to, to win Dominicans, that's, I don't think the Lord asks you to, do, he asks you to lay stuff down, but he doesn't want you to cast your children and your wife aside so that he, this is all, we're a team here. We're a family. We work together. We're in this together.
1: Right. Well, and coming to the realization too that the Lord in his graciousness brought me to uh, and and showed us, I think, is... You know, he had one perfect sacrifice, and it was Jesus. It was not me. It was not my children. It was not my husband. It wasn't my marriage or my um, to bring people to salvation. And that realization, even though it sounds fundamental to our belief <laughs> and should have been there, I think I'd gotten away from that and just had to remember. Oh, yeah, I don't have to. You know, it's the Holy Spirit that brings people to salvation. It's not me. It's not what I'm doing or saying. Um, and so. I don't have to keep trying to do or say things. Um yeah.
2: And and just to maybe to go back a little bit, when we were doing our premarital counseling with my father, my father, he really our premarital counseling lasted about 15 minutes.
1: No, it lasted more than that. It, it didn't it didn't last <laughs> very long. It, but it wasn't like several sessions and long. He just
2: shot from the hip. My dad, um, he's gone to be with the Lord now, but he looked at us and he said, there comes a point in every marriage where the only thing that holds it together is stubbornness. And so as long as you have a plan B, as long as there's an out, the ability to step out, then you can take that option. But if you're committed to each other and this stubbornness says, "Um, I'm here and I'm not leaving and you're stuck with me and I'm stuck with you. And so we got to get through this together. It, we have it, to work it out. It puts us on the same team. It forces us to have to look at each other in in the eyes. You know, before we got married, I told Esther, if you get mad at me and you don't want to sleep in the same bed as me, I'm not going to the couch. Um we're going to sleep. We're going to be together and we're just well, we're going to work
1: we're going to work things out. We're we're going to um, have to
2: get to the point where where we can be with each other. And so the stubbornness that decision, that decidedness to be together was there from the very beginning. Mm-hmm. And so whenever we hit this crisis point in the Dominican Republic where we had our church plants and we had our ministry and we had our our all of this stuff going on, and I came to the realization that everything was going to be gone if we didn't make a change. Well, the inn had been highly recommended to us by several friends.
1: Yes, but especially we had one really um, good friend um, that was, uh, the husband and wife had been friends of mine since I was 14, and then um, Tim, of course, once we got wow, married. They're old. They are old. <laughs> uh, um, and they they had been in missions long term, and they had lived here um, and stayed for um, almost a year. And so I'd heard of the inn before, or we'd heard of the inn because we knew they were here um, years before us. But, um, and then, when we were looking for a place to go um or just knowing that we needed more than just to decompress we we needed um yeah, we just needed more, so um, we needed healing, and so they recommended that we come here they they're also um a part of we had about five people that were. In a prayer team specifically for us that if whenever we had things that came up that needed um, extra attention or that wasn't something we were going to put in a newsletter, but that we needed help or prayer with, <laughs> we had a small group of people that we could turn to. Um, and, and they were one of them. And so. We we did get the recommendation of another ministry as well in Florida, um, but that was more of a decompressing time. That was more of you're kind of on your own, and we just felt like that wasn't the place that the Lord was taking us.
2: Right. So we heard, we found out about what was going to be happening at the end, and we decided that we were going to come. And the and so in the space of three weeks, we gave up our ministry. We moved out of our home. We did.
1: Well, we didn't know how long we were coming for initially the The program is two weeks, but we felt like we had the impression it was going to be longer, even um we were thinking maybe nine months to a year that we just needed a a time
2: um but we knew that it was going to be long enough that we were going to have to have other people in charge of everything and that we weren't going to be able to so so we just we just started letting go of stuff and and Things really, the Lord just put things in place, and so in three weeks' time, we had our bags packed and we were in North Carolina.
1: Yeah, and, and when when on our way here, Tim maybe maybe stereotypical man, <laughs> I don't know, um, was a little nervous about. Um, because of, because of the difference in this ministry where, where they would be inputting in your life. And he's like, if they ask me about my childhood, if they try to bring this back to my if mom. If they lay me down uh, on
2: the couch, that will be the last minute that I'm there. So, I'm not going to lay down on the couch. I'm not going to relive my birth or something. I, I'm not going to do any of that stuff.
1: So he was, this is too like on our way here um, that he's saying all that. So
2: we arrived. I told her when we get there, don't if, unpack our bags. We need to see this place we're first stay. and figure out if we're going to stay.
1: But I already knew that this is what where the Lord was bringing <laughs> us. So we arrived at about 1.45 in the morning. And okay. in
2: pure rebellion,
1: you— And at se- by <laughs> 7.30 a.m., I had all but one of our bags unpacked. So, and it was our school books. So that was the only thing I didn't unpack, but everybody's, everything was put away in drawers and, um, you know, we moved with the five kids. So,
2: so we got in there and, and in reality, it was exactly what we needed because, um, I'm, I'm from Texas and I'm a man and I don't want somebody to look at me and to pat me on the head and tell me how good I am. I want somebody to shoot straight. Yeah, if, if I was so good, I wouldn't be at the end. And the whole Dominican Republic would be saved. And, 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 and. But that wasn't the case. I needed help. So um, we needed help. And so Larry, in that first day, he, he was, you know, we were telling what was about us and all this stuff. And he looked at me and he said, you might have the best family in the Dominican Republic, but if... It's not, if your family is not up to the Lord's standards, that's not good enough. And so he just began to lay out to us and to show me especially, here's the Lord's standard in, in this, and here's the Lord's standard in that. And there were a lot of things that we were doing well. But in our relationship with each other, there was a lot of stuff that we just needed to work on. And so the Lord just met us here and began to heal. And since then, we stayed here for how long, Esther?
1: Uh, we were here for eight and a half years. And, and during that time of healing, probably in the first year and a half, um, I had the immense blessing of being able to just wander into Sally Fesperman whenever, <laughs> whenever I needed to talk. <laughs> and... Um, and I am so grateful to the Lord for that time. Um, just to, not only to hear her wisdom, but to hear her say, well, I'm still learning too. I'm still, and I'm like, what? You know, <laughs> yeah. it's not just going to be done. And she's like, no, it's not. <laughs> it's not. Um, but um, she's just, she was just such a a, a wonderful example, a, a, a tangible example of, um Drawing myself closer to the Lord and then to others as well because healing has taken place. And yeah, it was and just one of the
2: funny, one of the hard things for me was that my identity was I'm a missionary to Spanish speaking people in the Dominican Republic. This is what I do. I plant churches, I do community development, I do all of this. And the Lord had to bring me back to this place of realizing that really what I'm in the Business of doing is seeing lives changed for the kingdom of God, seeing the kingdom of God expanded, and wherever he wants to put me, however he wants to do that that 's exactly where I need to be that 's exactly what and so it 's not um, location oriented i didn 't want to be in the united states i didn 't want I wanted to be the foreign missionary doing whatever, but the Lord had other plans, and he brought us here, and he used us to to minister to help people to um, just to be a blessing in a lot of ways and then he grew us up in a lot of ways while we were mm-hmm. here and then he moved us out of of this ministry yeah and we, gave we, us left,
1: we left this ministry and went to um and this is how I knew it was the Lord because when we were about when we were getting close to stepping out <laughs> Um, we ended up staying in Franklin um North Carolina. We um, worked with a, a ministry called Heart for Families, which has a very similar heart, but it's more um, directed to our community itself so um so that was that was wonderful a wonderful yeah. time too. and uh, and this- we
2: grew there and and got some education that we needed and we yeah. did some different stuff. but really, as our kids grew up. And we began to hit the, some of the difficult things that happen in the lives of parents of teenagers and early 20s. Um, we really went through some hard times, but it's that, it's that process of maturing that the Lord puts you through from just growing up, then you get married and you have to mature, and then you have kids and you have to mature, and then you do all this and you have to mature. Now we're at the stage where we have four kids still at home, one grandbaby on the way, we have my mom living with us, and we have Esther's mother and father living with us. And we've gone from from just ministering to other people to ministering primarily to family now. But this is where the Lord has us, and this is good. This is exactly where we need to be. We need to be just um, embracing the fullness of what He has for us now. The exciting thing for us is we don't know where this is going. <laughs> we just... Um, we just see what he has in the near future and we're going to honor the Lord and honor our parents and what that is. But Lord, in reality, we just say, where is this going? And wherever it goes, Lord, we're willing to follow you. And we know that, um, what you have for us is good.
0: Gosh, all of this has been so, so good. And I know that, um, if you, for anybody that's out there, that's listening, that maybe working in ministry it can be an incredibly hard thing to recognize and be humble enough to know that I'm not in a good enough of a healthy spot for me to continue to do this well and to recognize I'm not willing to sacrifice my family for this and well
1: and that the lord isn't asking you to
0: yes and what are what are a couple of the things like that in your in your time here and in the the ministry that you went to afterwards. What are a couple of the things that the two of you started to implement to keep your marriage a priority, keep that relationship healthy and whole so you could continue to minister on a regular basis?
1: I think the first one would probably be being in agreement with things, especially if we're changing directions. Um, it's not good enough <laughs> if only one of us hears. Um we have to we have to come into a place of agreement with it. Um and just knowing that the Lord is leading us and and one of us being willing to say, well, I I don't I didn't hear that clearly for myself, but I'm trusting that you're listening to the Lord or saying and the other person being able to just let's spend some more time in prayer so we both have peace about what's about to the changes that have to take place. Yeah.
2: And sometimes the peace is I have peace that you heard the Lord.
1: Yeah. That's
2: And I didn't really I'm not sure about this but I've lived with you long enough to trust your ability to hear his voice and to just and to push forward. And I would say that for me on a more practical because I'm I'm more hands-on tactile person that the same way that you need to have a quiet time every day you just need to get into the Lord's presence you just need to spend a little bit of time with him. Um, I have to do the same thing with my wife, and so even no so every day I wake up, I shower, I go to the kitchen, I make coffee, and I bring her a cup of coffee in bed and sometimes breakfast sometimes breakfast <laughs> um it depends on what my schedule looks like, but sometimes <laughs> breakfast, but every day she gets a cup of coffee. I say every day. 355 days a year she gets a cup of coffee. So there might be one day a month or something where it doesn't happen but almost every day. Yeah. And and at that time I I want her to still be in bed. I want her to get coffee in bed. I just think why not I'm a man. If if I'm going to love her how Christ loved the church, surely the Lord would bring his bride. You know, he died for her. He did he gave his life. He suffered. He did all this stuff. What is a cup of coffee for crying out loud? get out of bed, make your wife a cup of coffee, go up to her bed, sit down on the bed, ask her what her plans are for the day.
1: We don't have separate beds. He means my side of the bed. Uh-
2: <laughs> I mean, it's her bed. And I'm, no. <laughs> <laughs> you, you just sleeping in some... We're not,
1: we're not Lucy and, and Desi. <laughs> <Yeah>.
2: <laughs> uh, you are old. And, and the same way, so the same way that I need to spend a little bit of time with the Lord today or some time with the Lord today, I need to spend some time with my wife and touch base with her every day and if i can get that you know 5 minutes every day with her in the morning then i then it it does away with the need for us to sit down and spend 45 minutes hashing something out later on because we've been in contact every day every day we're we're developing this relationship
1: it's not the it's not the only time we talk but Um, It's the only time I get to talk. Just kidding. It's the the time that, you know, if one of us is concerned about something about one of the kids, it's just a time for us to set aside to to pray for them or to pray for the situation, Um, and then to pray for all the kids as well. But if there's something going on, it's just good to kind of, if this is what's, because especially... Yeah, if you're preoccupied, then how well can you go through your day? So it's, it's just good to just replace it in the Lord's hands and, and know you're not alone in that. Um, and it's not
2: necessarily a super spiritual time for us, but it is, we can communicate. Yeah. And she likes to wake up. I like to wake up quietly. She likes to wake up. What, the first sign of her waking up is when she puts her mouth in gear and starts <laughs> talking. And so um, I like to get up and have a little bit of space, and this accommodates that. Let's yeah. her wake up and chat, and yeah. it's good.
1: Yeah, I know you can't see me, but I am smiling while he says that because I do wake up talking. Uh-
2: <laughs> it's it's not bad. Yeah. If, if, <laughs> listen, I don't want to be married to somebody like me.
1: Oh, uh, let me tell you. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Well, that's all we have to say. <laughs> no, we we will be celebrating our twenty ninth anniversary this summer. Um don't know what we would do
2: We're going to without each
1: other. Off. Um oh, yeah. yeah. I mean, it would, yeah.
2: I'd Life. be lost. Ask anybody, I'd be lost.
0: Well, <laughs> <That's true. laughs> oh, guys, thank you all so much for coming and joining us on the podcast. We're just grateful to know. I am personally grateful that I get to know you, that you have such a, a good relationship with my wife, with me, and that we have gotten to see everything that you guys have walked through and that you get to continue to be example and to be able to bless people, even with just the simple um, just a simple explanation and the reality that there are times in life when we have to recognize that what we're doing isn't working, mm-hmm. being humble enough to to get the help that we need so that we can't hit that 29th anniversary, that 50th anniversary, that 70th anniversary. And we continue to love each other. And I hope that, At my 29th anniversary, I'm flirting with my wife the same way that I see you guys continue flirting with each other and loving and joking because it's just such a beautiful image of what marriage is. Thanks so much for listening to today's episode. Be sure to subscribe so you don't miss the next one. And we would love if you left us a review. For more information about CTCI and our upcoming programs, be sure to check out ctcilife.org. This podcast is a production of Christian Training Center International and it is produced by AJ Selby and Seth Stradling.